Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, uh, welcome to the podcast. Father John, Joe just had surgery. I won't tell you the details, but he is uh, having a hard time sitting. We'll just leave it at that. But he's doing okay. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I had to bring it up at one point. So, But he's got a topic for us as well today. I also have a shout-out for uh, First Lieutenant Drew Taylor. got an email from uh, Lieutenant Drew, who's a pilot flying F-16s in the Phoenix area. Uh, he was at the Air Force Academy a few years back. And uh, we used to come to something we do at the seminary called Vigil Praise uh, that for a few years I was leading, just a night of adoration stuff. So Drew would always bl- bring a slew of... Uh, cadets down uh, in their in their dress blues every uh, once lady, a month. Ladies would go crazy. Ladies would go crazy over Drew, um, but he's listening to the podcast down in Phoenix. So shout out for Lieutenant Drew Taylor, good guy, flying F-16s, dogfighting. Very, very nice. And then I got a quick shout out to yeah. uh, Haley Timmons, who I just met recently. Uh, who just moved to Florida with her fiance. She was doing youth ministry here in Denver. Haley Timmons. Now she's heading to Florida, so we're praying for Haley as the uh, big day is coming up here in a few weeks. So look at how popular we are. It's amazing. <laughs> That make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. That's um, because of the surgery, probably. Probably. I, I'm pretty much uncomfortable <laughs> all the time. So, John, um, this week's podcast is on the Roman Martyrology. So tell me what you know. You you told me that you've been reading the Roman Martyrology, or you have. Right? Uh, well, I used to back in the day. So How would you use it? We used to, when I was in college seminary, we would um, get up super early for a holy hour, and then we had about a half hour, maybe an hour before class started. So we'd go to this one guy's room, John Bauer. And this is how old I am. Now John Bauer works at the sem- at the college seminary in wow. Minnesota. Um, He's a priest now? Yep, Father John Bauer. Uh, but he was my RA at the time. And we'd go in his room and we'd eat highly uh, sugared cereals and uh, talk for a few minutes. And then we'd read a little bit of Roman, Marti- Roman martyrology every morning and kind of go through the list and then That's head great. off to class. So how would you, like most people, I didn't even know what the Roman martyrology was. It was one of those things I just heard about. And uh, recently looked at my bookshelf and I was like, huh. I have a copy of the Roman Martyrology. I don't know where that came from. I think I picked it up at some library sale with like right. a slew of books. Um, so I started picking it up and reading it, uh, and I didn't even know what it was really until about like five months ago. Yeah. So how would you describe it? Um, a daily compilation of the first couple centuries of the martyrs in the sense of the witnesses. So it's not just those who were killed for the faith, but it's basically a, the names in this and a very brief telling of some of the stories of... Yeah, you kind of have like the name, where they were, and how they died, pretty much. Basically, uh, or maybe something they were famous for, uh, but like a sentence, or some people have like maybe four or five sentences. But all I remember is there's this one where the dolphins carried away this guy's body after he. Oh was yeah, I forget. Uh, I remember that, that story was. too. But That's I forget like, who it was. This is the kind of stuff I remember. So pious. It's awesome. So, but yeah, it's love it's, that stuff. It's basically where we get this kind of sense of. It's where we get the calendar of the saints, I think, originally. There was there was this kind of practice and devotion. I don't know how old it is, but I know that there was an ancient form of it because it's all the early documentation. So. Yeah, well, we can talk about that. Um, this is one of many Catholic books that I'd love to at some point do a podcast on each one. Catholic like, books? Like, you know, Rome Martyrology, what is it? What is the Missal exactly? What is the... Uh, what is the liturgy of the hours? These things that we have and we kind of throw around and talk about. And some people are like, oh, yeah. And some people are like, what are they talking about? So uh, this is one of them, the Roman Martyrology. Um, it is, okay, so for a long time, my understanding was that there were a certain number of saints. And we would celebrate these saints' feast days at Mass. You know, right. you go to Mass and every, you know, two or three days, 
this mass is a feast day of, you know, St. John Climacus or something like that. And you're like, oh, okay, I don't know anything about this guy. Right. You hear about them. But in the end, it seems like, okay, there seems like there's like, I don't know, a couple hundred saints that we're celebrating each year. Um, <laughs> what I didn't realize, God bless you. Thank you. What I didn't realize is that uh, there are actually a ton of saints yeah, there's- that are canonized, blessed, recognized by the church, and approved for worship. So you can celebrate as a priest or if you're praying liturgy hours, uh, a memorial of a number of saints on any given day of the year. The Roman Martyrology, as it stands, the latest edition, I think, is published in 2005, um, and it has over 7,000 saints and blessings. So the Roman Martyrology is all of the saints and blessings? Uh, no. It is most of them. It's not an exhaustive list, uh, but I think all of them that are recognized as saints and blessings by the Roman Church. But after each um, installment, after each day's reading, it says, and many other saints in various places, blah, 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 blah. Right, so right. it doesn't claim to be exhaustive. Like, these are the only people in heaven. Right. But these are some of them. And it's it's up. It's always out of date because every year we're beatifying and canonizing new saints. Right. So the last edition's in 2005, and there's not an English one of that yet. The one so, I have, I think, was published in, like, 1940 or something. Well, the one I have is, like, pretty small. Really? I mean, it's like I maybe it's ancient. It's only like the first five centuries. Oh well, so you don't you must have a different copy. So the the Roman the the official Roman Martyrology right. was first published in 1583 ah. by Gregory the Thirteenth or something like that. Okay, um, and I think that was all the saints and blesseds recognized up until that point. I wonder um, what I'm looking at. I'll have to check. I don't that know out. what you're looking at. Man, I don't even know what I'm looking at. <laughs> what book are we talking about again? No. So the Roman Martyrology is all of them. I thought it was like a. What I thought I was reading was basically like first five centuries, patristic era. Here's all the crazy stuff that happened. To oh, the yeah, no. That's a lot of it is that. That's most of it. I mean, as you read through it, it's like, okay, most of these people are pretty early on. But then they also have, you know, St. Francis. And one of the days I read uh, a month ago or so was the, um, what are they called? The, when he received the stigmata. Oh, and there's yeah. a name for it. I can't remember it. Um, of St. Francis. Okay. It was like a few. St. Francis was when in the 1200s. 1100s? He was born in, I think, 1283. Bam. 1183? 1183. Uh, you sounded more confident the first time. <laughs> he was born in uh, <laughs> 1650. So how do you use the Roman martyrology? You can um, you can actually find this on Amazon. Uh, not the latest edition. I mean, you can probably find it in Latin, but if you want the English one, it's, uh, I think, published sometime in the 1950s or 40s or something. I can't remember. But um, how um, do you use it? So you get it, and this is what I've been doing. And uh, apparently in the tradition of the church, this was usually read um, after one of the liturgy of the hours, and you would read the, um, you know, this, the the saints for the day, the following day. So if it was, you know, today's October 11th, we're, pub- we're podcasting now. Uh, so today, if I was going to read, I would read the saints for October 12th. Right. For tomorrow. Mm-hmm. For tomorrow. Gotcha. Um, and uh, at least this is how I've been using it. After morning prayer, I would step outside and uh, just kind of read through the saints. And this is the thing that's kind of blown my mind. It's like been super cool for my own prayer. Because I forget all the time that um, there are a ton of saints in heaven who aren't just like, you know, doing their thing up there, worshiping, beatific vision. But they're actually very, uh, they love and know all of us. Like when you enter the presence of God, you are connected to anybody and everybody who is, who is, who is, who is existing, you know. And they, they see us more and they know us and they love us. And I so... Uh, seldom would like turn my thoughts and eyes to the saints, and I was been I've been reading um, a lot of the introduction to devout life by Francis de Sales, and every time of prayer that he introduces, he says, always begin after making an act of the presence of God and asking the Holy Spirit's 
grace uh, and presence to help you to pray. He always says, and, and uh, beg the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints, and yeah. any particular saint. You know, so if you're meditating with, I don't know, um, the Gospel of John and or you know some scene in the Gospels where Jesus is talking to Peter or something like that, ask for St. Peter's intercession. Yeah, um, nice. But ask for the intercession of all the saints. Um, and I just so seldom do that. So in the mornings, I've been going out until I lost my Roman martyrology. I don't know where it is now. But until about two weeks ago when I lost it, I uh, would go outside and just read through the saints of the day and just be like, you know, saints of God, like, I want to be a saint, and I want you to help me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Have and a cup of coffee. That sounds great. Yeah, it's, it was, it's been beautiful. Um, and so I want to read just the uh, one of the kind of an example of what you see in the room. Oh, shoot. Freaking password. Um, computer. Well, let me, while you're rebuilding that there, let me tell you something <laughs> funny. I was talking to Father Greg, our friend yesterday, who's building the companions. One of the things we, uh, this fraternity of priests, is we, we're all committed to having a um, chapel in our rectory. So Greg is, is turning this weird cloud room in his rectory into a chapel, but he's going to oh, leave yeah. the clouds, which is weird. And I, we're building one right here. I was showing Joe today. But Greg was like, I got the news that I could, uh, it was officially kind of established on the 4th, but he's like, I don't want to have it. The Feast of St. Francis, the October 4th, this is. He's yeah. like, I don't want to call it that. So I was like, why don't you go into the Roman murder? Why don't you go and find, like, one of the 50 saints whose feast day is also October 4th, who nobody prays to. Right. And I did that on my 30-day. I just went through Butler's Lives of the Saints and just read about all these other kind of crazy people. St. Genesius the Comedian, St. Christina the Astonishing. Who? Yeah. St. Alexander the Charcoal Burner. Oh, I was looking for yeah. all, the, all the weird ones. <laughs> and awesome. uh because they're all there, and their stories are kind of crazy. So. I love these stories. Butler's Lives of the Saints is like a extended version of the Roman Martyrology where you have like a little – you kind of have a little life story in a paragraph or two or a page. So um, Roman Martyrology just hits you. It just kind of hits you with the list, yeah. it's, and it's great though. So here's the um, – here is the whatever uh, – I, I can't think of any words right now. The Roman Martyrology for October 12th, which is tomorrow. So this is what we pray. So usually when you pray this in the tradition of the church, you would just say – Begin at the end, you would just say, uh, the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Because this is, these are the saints in heaven. So hmm. this is this day, the 12th day of October. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right. At Rome, the holy martyrs Evagrius, Priscian, and their companions. At Ravenna, on the Laurentine Road, the birthday of St. Adistius, martyr. See, these are all people you never heard of. And Lysia. If you're, having, if you're having a child, this is where you want to go. <laughs> exactly. St. Domnina, martyr under the Emperor Diocletian. By the way, Diocletian killed like most of the people in here. Yeah. He's the emperor there. And there's a longer one here. In Africa, 4,966 holy confessors and martyrs in the persecution of the Vandals under the Aryan king Hunaric. Some of, the, some of them were bishops, some priests, and some deacons with a multitude of the faithful accompanying them who were driven into a frightful wilderness for the defense of the Catholic truth. Many of them were cruelly annoyed by the Moorish leaders <laughs> and with sharp pointed spears and stones forced to hasten their march whilst others with their feet tied were dragged like corpses through roughly rough places and mangled in all their limbs. They were finally tortured in different manners and won the honors of martyrdom. The principal among them were the bishops Felix and Cyprian, Cyprian of Car Carthage. Uh, there's a few others at Sicily, St. Maximilian, Bishop of Lorch, at York in England, St. Wilfred, Bishop and Confessor, uh, at, yes. at Milan, St. Monas, Bishop. He was chosen as head of that church because of a miraculous light from heaven surrounded him whilst, whilst they were deliberating on the choice of a bishop. At Verona, St. Salvinus, Bishop, uh, and elsewhere in the divers places and diverse places, many other holy martyrs, confessors, and holy virgins. 
Nice. All ye holy martyrs, pray for us. Pray for us. Thanks be to God. That's sweet. So that's just one day. So all those people, I would I would read this in the morning and just be like, these are all these saints who True. know me, who love me, and who are in heaven like cheering me on and like who want me to be a saint. Yeah. And it was it's just been beautiful each morning just to kind of be like, hey, I don't know any of you, but I'm going to know you someday. And so pray for me because I am a sinner and I am in need of some major help. Yeah. So if you, I can, if I can uh, get some help here, that'd be awesome. And it's been beautiful. It's it's because I think I don't know. This is just my own experience, um, but I think it's common that we forget. We just feel like we're here. The church is the pope and the bishops and the priests and our and our parishes and our right. community here. But most of the church we forget is already in the homeland right. and we're the ones who are strangers and sojourners yeah uh and these are the ones who are at the finish line who are cheering us on and and it's wild because you read this and you're like most of these people suffered immensely and uh i i think it was curtis martin or ralph martin or somebody who gave a talk and my parents told me about but they were saying how like you know when you get to heaven you're gonna be talking to these different saints and like oh, oh yeah, who are yeah. you like oh i'm you know saint ignatius of antioch yeah i was uh I wrote a bunch of letters and chains to the churches along the way to Rome, and then I was torn apart by lions in the in the uh, Colosseum. Like, oh, okay, I was Saint, uh, I'm Saint Lawrence. You know, I was burned alive on a grill, and I told them to flip me over on one side. And and then what are we gonna say? Like, I think he said something like, "Oh, well, uh, yeah, my name's Joe, and uh, I gave up chocolate for Lent once, uh, and, <laughs> and I, I almost, almost I almost made it. <laughs> I almost made it. That's right. exactly. Um, but you just see these these men and women who are just rock stars." Um, and it gives you a perspective about what it means to be a saint, what it means about be, to be a Christian. Um, and it's just been super edifying for me. So I just offer this. Check it out on Amazon. Roman Martyrology, kind of a sweet Catholic book. It's been in the church for a long time. Um, and it's just a great for a brief daily reflection. It takes like five minutes to read, uh, you know, as you're doing your morning morning prayer. So that's the Roman Martyrology, 7,000 Saints and Blessed. I like it. I like it. 7,000. Isn't that great? I think I think I I'm gonna stand by what I said though. I think it's all about the uh, early, I think it's the early centuries focused. We could say okay, the Roman Empire is being developed, but I think the books that you buy are gonna focus on the early church. But you hear these things and it's unbelievable. Six thousand, six thousand people. Would they say afflicted? Not afflicted. It was um, yeah, dragged through the streets, uh, uh, tortured, Cyprian and some other dude. I had a priest one time when I was in seminary tell me that you should always be reading a biography of the saint. Really? And I thought that was an interesting um, comment. Now, I don't exactly do that. Um, <laughs> I used to do that. Now I just read other stuff. Um, but I uh, but I think that that's a great way to just kind of live in friendship with the saints. Just a little bit every day. Just bam. We got the Roman Martyrology. i got to stop saying bam. Do you know why I'm saying bam? I know why. Jeez. Larkin's Father pastor? Brian Larkin's pastor. <laughs> Father, uh, uh, what's his name? Jeez, he says bam all the time. And I said bam James, five times in RCA. James? Father James Spawn says bam. Jeez, <laughs> I got to stop doing that. Okay, so um, anyways, uh, it's like totally in me. Um, biography of the Saints. Yeah, Biography of the Saints. So this is a good way to kind of stay in the Saints. Because I think one of the things, especially with non-Catholics, is that when they see us venerating the Saints without friendship with the Saints, right? it just gets weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, there has to be a sense that these are these are people these are humans yeah these aren't gods that we're like but they're in the fullness of light and in in so much as we share in christ we are with them and Mm -hmm. so i think it's a great thing let's do it put on your catholic list of catholic stuff you should do every morning there you go you ready for an email let's do it this is from richard 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 in virginia this is from way back in may though just to make sure you ever responded to it i'm sure you did he said hey guys 
Uh, I am what we used to call fallen away Catholic, although I do faithfully listen to your podcast. <laughs> and then he asks two questions. Number one, is limbo still recognized by the church? It seems to feature very prominently in religion class back in the day. Ah, no. No. Tell us about it. Limbo. Well, this is kind of a, I don't know how you'd say it, a uh, theological concession that theologians made because they didn't know what to do with two facts, uh, one of which is that without baptism, um, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, with, unless you're baptized, and Jesus says this to Nicodemus, unless you're born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Um, so theologians take that and be like, okay, baptism is necessary for salvation. But at the same time, what do you do with um, unborn babies? Or what do you uh, do with people who, are, who die without ever having encountered the gospel or had the opportunity to be baptized, but who lived virtuous lives and right. seek God and seek to love others as themselves? Um, and so limbo is this idea of, well, maybe there is a place that's not heaven because they can't enter heaven because they haven't been baptized, but a place that is maybe a part of hell, but like on the highest level of hell uh, where the souls of the just are, where they're not tortured and there's a, there's a natural um, blessedness, yeah. uh, but without the beatific vision. Um, but how would you conclude it? What have we done with limbo? We've... Basically, gotten rid of it. <laughs> it was never an official doctrine. It was never of the a teaching. It was a teaching of theologians to kind of make sense of these two realities: right. that there are people who are good and virtuous and seek God, but never, by, by through no fault of their own, have never had uh, the opportunity for baptism, and baptism is necessary for salvation. So, um, but now, when it comes to unborn babies and souls in this, who, who you know, like the souls of the just who haven't been baptized. Um, the church doesn't. We, we we know. Okay, there's not. There's no. There there are two uh, final places. There's heaven and there's hell. Um, the the last things, you know, and um, limbo isn't one of those things. And so we don't know what happens to them. But what we do, and we do this with unborn babies especially, um, we commend them to them. We know that God is merciful, right? And we know that God is just. And so we we trust in the mercy of God. Um, and th- this shouldn't take away from the the fact that baptism is necessary and we should seek to evangelize um, God has sent his only son and shown us the way to salvation and so we know, we have a way that is sure right um, and if people are saved outside of what we see as this uh, way of uh, participation in the life of the church of baptism uh, it is still through the grace of Christ and basically God is not bound by the sacraments he, we are bound by the sacraments um, but he, his mercy can work in ways unknown to us outside of that. But we, we do know what he's given us, which is the truth of the faith. That is true. I, I think, you know, uh, it's a theological proposal that was revoked, but it was just a proposal. It was never a church teaching. It was trying to deal with a, a mystery, but sometimes reason can only go so far into these mysteries. We just can't say. There's no way to kind of divide up heaven into these different kind of ways and places based on... The, so with a deep kind of embrace of mystery in theology again in the 20th century there was kind of a recognition that certain theological proposals and ideas were just kind of a little too a little too um, um, trying to do more than we can do they, they articulate a little more than they should and limbo was one of those so that's the first one. Second question my father and I went to nine first Friday masses which we were told guaranteed the presence of a priest just before we died is that actually part of church teaching I don't know do you know I had never heard that before until I read this. Oh well, we have revealed our ignorance. I would as say it hasn't been revealed. I would already. say that that would be a um, 
like a beautiful devotional act, but there's no way that we could guarantee that from practicing something like that. I yeah, I don't even know how to respond to it. I've never heard of it, so. So the the first Fridays used to be a, a novena of prayers on Friday, and this is again this used is back, to be. It still is. Well, yeah, but this is. I mean, what I'm saying is this is like when there was a strong devotional life in the church mm-hmm. um, in the United States. There's really not. I'm in a very interesting parish where there's a lot of different ethnic communities, and I, I see like real devotion. Uh, and it's it's the real deal. But real devotion become, can become real superstition very quickly. Right. And that happens a lot um, with other stuff. Now, with the United States, our problem is opposite. We threw the baby out with the bathwater. What would I say? Well, I would say that it could not guarantee a priest being there. I would not say that. I don't, I don't know the church teaching that. And I might get an email and say, you're totally wrong. I would say that we should be praying for that. It's kind of like with the scapular. We've talked about the scapular before. You wear the scapular promise of Our Lady's protection at the end of life. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Right. So, yeah, that makes sense to me, but I really... Where does the first Friday devotion come from? Is it from uh, Margaret Mary? Sacred Heart? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Sacred Heart. Yeah, so, sorry, I, Richard. Lame answers to both your questions. Totally. Good questions. <laughs> thanks for pulling up that email. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for your email. Send us more. Uh, but that was from May, so hopefully he doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. Maybe Hopefully he <laughs> despaired in September when oh, he couldn't hear it. So, well, that's good. That's all we got. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Deacon Joe, thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. Mm-hmm.